What's up, Gumbo listeners? Demetrius Malbro here with another data protection gumbo episode. And this one is titled How to Build a Data Protection Ecosystem. And to drop some knowledge for us today, I have Satya Sankaran, Chief Operating Officer of Catalogic Software on the Gumbo. And he thinks his years of help desk experience is the best form of education he has ever received. So his Ivy League education and Wall Street MBA aren't even close. So Gumbo listeners, Satya will be providing details on the data protection market as a whole, why the single pane of glass proverb is still relevant, and why building data protection ecosystems are accelerating fast. So let's get right to it. Hope you enjoy the episode. How are you doing today, Satya? Doing very good, uh, Demetrius, and happy to be here. Well, it is, uh, it's fantastic to, to have you on. It's an honor to have you on the show. I've been uh, looking to have someone else on the show from Catalogic uh, since the days that I had Ed Walsh on a very, very long time ago. I guess I am really intrigued about your title because I've never had a chief operating officer on. It, it sounds such like a very important position and one one that has control over all of the operations and just kind of knows a little bit about everything and what's coming in and going out of the company. So can you uh, really give us kind of a rundown of what does a COO actually do? Podcasts, apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but to, to quote, uh, quote a, a HBR article, I, I'll, I'll say there are no constants in this function call. Uh, right, so mm-hmm. the the role has a very high degree of variance across departments, and it's one that's kind of been constantly evolving over time. I honestly don't uh, think I'm working on something that I was working on last week. It just kind of changes over time uh, quite a bit. Uh, some are subtle, and some are uh, uh, very pronounced. Uh, but in, in general, just a few things that uh, I think makes my job uh, easier. And being good at some of these things, I think. Uh, a lot of the function in that role in general is just, you know, uh, a COO is usually good at problem solving. <laughs> Having a support background in my case is perhaps the greatest training ground you can get in terms of, you know, solving problems. You're a project manager, effectively. You're probably managing 100 different projects at time, but I think uh, the coordination skills uh, certainly uh, help. And, and I was a project manager in uh, professional services world in Oh, really? Also, I think in, in general, it's, it's kind of one of those jobs. I think this is true about most mid-management roles as well. Uh, it's just that you kind of have to lead while serving. You are still executing someone else's vision. Uh, you, you're executing your CEO's vision. You're aligning your execution uh, to that vision. And uh, so in some ways, you're, you're kind of serving uh, the CEO, but at the same time leading the uh, rest of the organization. So... Uh, uh, it's it's a an interesting job, uh, but it, it, I don't think there is one specific thing that explains what a COO does. And I'm I'm not losing sleep uh, trying to search for the answer either. 
Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really like the correlation that, that you draw to like help desk technician or um, technical support specialist and actually spending some time learning something really deep and technically to, you know, kind of answer some of the questions that, that the customers are struggling with from a product perspective. So, you know, I myself also have that background as well. And I think that is one of the best ways to actually learn a product is to do a little bit of help desk time. You get to see, as I like to say, where all the bodies are buried within the product, like the code and all the bugs and issues and problems. <laughs> um, but one thing that, that, that I, I have actually been privy to see right now is since uh, I, I have a pretty large breadth of backup and storage professionals uh, across LinkedIn, over 20,000 in the group that I host. And so I, I've seen a lot within the data protection market, you know, just over the last 20 years. And it's it's becoming a little crowded, right? Uh, there, there's a lot of players out there uh, as technology has, has changed, uh, Satya. So has the um, entrance into the data protection market for like protecting Kubernetes, et cetera. But we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. So how does, how does one stay relevant, like uh, a backup and recovery administrator or storage administrator or Anyone in general, how, how would they stay relevant in this crowded market? Yeah, I, 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 I kind of touched back to the earlier comment that you, you kind of have to lead while serving. <laughs> um, and, and, mm -hmm. and I think it, that applies to this as well. You do have to constantly reinvent to be relevant in this market space, but uh, it is you, you reinvent to solve a customer problem. And you kind of follow where the customers are heading in terms of uh, adopting new sets of data, new sets of technology, and, and how we can be uh, uh, relevant in that ecosystem. Right. The good thing is data protection is a necessity. It's not a nice to have, mm -hmm. right? Uh, as the data grows, the pie grows for everybody. It attracts uh, as many innovators as we have today because I think the ecosystem is able to support the diversity of options uh, out there. And, and you'll be surprised going back to, we, we're essentially in an in insurance industry, right? Yeah. You'll be surprised the number of times we have to shop for custom insurance in running a business. Like I can tell you, we're uh, uh, going through a data center relocation. We're in the middle of that uh, mm -hmm. in, in, in the company here. Um, and oftentimes that means that PROC carries millions of dollars worth of equipment from one place to another place. Uh, what happens if you know the truck trips over at Tap and Z and and all of that goes away? Oftentimes, that means you have to shop for something that is customized to your needs. Not uh, uh, your typical insurance provider that is a standard is not going to support all of these uh, one-time events, and so you often have to create something that is customized. So I kind of see data protection as similar just because of the breadth and depth of technology and options out there um, i think you will always see a variety of solutions offering something different that the customers need and, and i think that's what you're seeing with both the legacy players reinventing themselves uh, whether it's ibm uh, spectrum protect family adding spectrum protect plus or emc family adding power protect are you seeing the new players like Rubrik and Cohesity doing some exciting stuff as well? Right. Yeah. And I, I, I had a conversation with someone today and they said that instead of using the word legacy, they have chosen to use the word heritage. I think that's the word now because legacy has kind of taken on this, this negative connotation when you're talking about infrastructure and things that have been around 
you know, for like 20 years like myself. So <laughs> I guess I am heritage. You have to really make sure that, you know, when you're using that language that you can actually go back and really state exactly what you mean by that. So what I'm getting at is that there are some challenges out there right now that some of these new backup uh, players are facing. From your perspective, wh what are you seeing out there? What are some of the challenges that, that you're seeing, let's say, like new backup players are facing out in the market right now? Same thing. I think the, the ecosystem is very rapidly evolving, uh, right? So uh, uh, you're, you're seeing people adopt uh, you know, new virtualization technologies, whether it is, you know, Kubernetes mm -hmm. uh, ecosystems, you're kind of seeing people uh, data are no longer hosted or under their own control uh, with uh, the explosion of SaaS applications. I, I don't think when we were building backup solutions, you know, five or six years ago, you were really considering SaaS as uh, a required application type to be protected. In, in many cases, people thought of SaaS as a place where you don't have to do backups, right? So uh, a lot of those assumptions are getting challenged. And so, uh, again, as we talk about that heritage, uh, I think heritage, you can carry a lot of good forward, uh, but you can also carry a lot of assumptions that uh, may no longer hold true uh, from a, whether it's a new player or an old pay player, it, it really is about uh, understanding where uh, the data is going, uh, because I think we're in the business of following that data and protecting that data. Uh, I, I think being able to track uh, the trends around data is is perhaps uh, the most important aspect um, that uh, uh, every one of us have to do, whether it's a new player or an old player. What are you seeing as far as a single pane of glass? Is that important to still have you know one pane of glass that uh, users can access to kind of have at their fingertips instead of you know multiple different tool sets that they can go through and um, and use to either protect their data. Great, great question, Dimitrius. The the way I I see uh, the relevance of single pane of glass is 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 really who is it important to? If uh, we I, I don't think we're we're operating in a world where uh, it's just people running systems anymore. It's really a lot of systems running systems as well. Uh, uh, we, we're seeing a lot of solutions where, you know, automation is key. APIs are important. And that often means just putting everything under one uh, umbrella really just delivers a great user experience for a customer. Uh, but that also makes an assumption that there is a user sitting there and clicking on things to make backups happen in the back end. But if that assumption again starts to getting starts getting challenged over time we are seeing again new ecosystems like kubernetes where everything is done by uh, uh, an app centric orchestration everything is done by the developers themselves uh, in that case do we still have a world where uh, we have you know someone going into a system and running things uh, or instead is it kind of just part of your ci cd pipelines is it part of your uh, dev and test refresh milestone deliverables? In all of those cases, I think APIs are going to create a new set of uh, requirements where I think it's, it's, it's really speed and, and suitability that is going to drive uh, rather than putting it all in a single umbrella and a single bucket. So I think that's kind of at least 
our belief uh, is is that you create the best tool for the job and it's okay if it's niche and if it only serves a specific use case and a specific workload um, and i think with the industry overall uh, leaning towards you know api and automation based uh, uh, economy i think uh, you will see the the niche products kind of get picked up as the best tool for that specific workload so we're going to keep uh, running at it that's not to say there is no place for single pane of glass there is still a lot of organizations where it is operations controlled and you want to simplify and have an option available for those operations uh, 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 focus as well so I, I see a place for both, and, and I think that's the beauty of this industry in, in data protection. So I, I, I can definitely uh, understand that um, either, you know, the best tool for the best, you know, for the best job uh, or even the single pane of glass. But you, you've, th- you've thrown around Kubernetes quite a bit, and that's like the, the hot topic right now. So uh, I guess what, what are you guys doing around Kubernetes? And can you tell me, I guess, what? what you're doing to extend the reach of your backup and recovery software for Kubernetes? Um, yeah, look, we, we've been in the orchestration business for some time now. As, as you know, uh, we had our own heritage. We had a, a data protection uh, solution that saw over a thousand customers. Um, and, and then uh, about five or six years ago, we basically started focusing on copy data management as the next wave, uh, where we, we often joke about snapshots of like, uh, you know, gym memberships. Uh, it, it, just because you have them doesn't mean you use them. Um, and, and CDM gave you a, a way to exercise those snapshots in a, in a very regular way to drive real business outcomes. Um, but in, in, in kind of following those same waves, what we are seeing here today, I think, is uh, uh, Kubernetes kind of evolving as, uh, dare I say it, uh, it, I don't think it's going to replace VMware, but it's the next VMware to some extent, uh, right? So it's, it's becoming a platform in which people are going to gravitate and, and build applications for. This is where the developers are all heading. And you know when the developers are all heading in one direction, the data follows. So I think what you're seeing is Kubernetes is has been a great gift in terms of helping con- transition containers towards you know an app-defined orchestration layer. And as someone who's done copy data orchestration in the past, uh, I think we're incredibly excited by the potential of uh, Kubernetes. And you're hearing all these buzzwords, DevOps, cloud ops, IT ops, data ops, um, but they're all, at the end of the day, orchestrating elements of data and, and elements of infrastructure, uh, right? And Kubernetes has been one of the most successful ones. While it's really good at auto-scaling, load balancing, self-healing, it, it does kind of suffer from a lot of the data issues like you know backup and DR and mobility between uh, private and public clouds and on-prem workloads. So there are some things that I think we really need to address in that space. Um, and, and I think our heritage in some cases helps uh, kind of build a solution for a new set of workloads because a lot of the basics haven't uh, uh, changed. So taking a fresher perspective at this problem, uh, I think we're, we're trying to understand that 
uh, infrastructure is not really run by traditional IT in, in this world, in this ecosystem, but really by developers. To developers, in a, in a funny way, this may be counterintuitive, to a developer backup and infrastructure ta tasks may actually be a complex world. So in a way, I think we need to make it simpler for developers to adopt uh, doing the day-to-day -day activities, including you know backups and planning for a DR and so on. Um, so I think there is room for uh, a backup as a service offering in this uh, ecosystem. Uh, that's really what I think we're uh, uh, looking at as well um, and, and uh, uh, introduce uh, data protection almost as a service to the developers that people can subscribe uh, rather than worry about installing things, which is what we don't want. Uh, our, our developers to start doing. Yeah, I, I am also seeing um, this this theme of developers run the world because, you know, everything is just going as code, right? Backup is code. And, you know, of course, you have infrastructure as code. And the application has always been king. But today, the application is truly, truly, truly king. Uh, and especially if that application can can run in a place that it is actually, uh, let's say, is, is running in multiple different locations, is protected, it's able to scale, it's elastic, and it has, you know, all of the capabilities of, of staying online and also being protected from all the many evils that can happen uh, to the data because data is like the most important asset. It, it was 10, 15, 20 years ago, but like it's really the most important asset that a company has now. So uh, I guess leading on to, I guess, what are some of your thoughts on, let's say, maybe user self-service capabilities? So that self-service word, I want to put that in quotations. And API-based operations, let's say in today's backup and recovery market, especially uh, let's say when you're integrating with like enterprise storage platforms, so, you know, your your Nimbles and your pure storages and, you know, EMC, data domain, you know, all of those different types of platforms, not all of them, but pick pick your own flavor, right? And just give me your, your, your thoughts on self-service capabilities and API-based operations. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's almost an economy, uh, right? Self-service is, is, is an economy within uh, this, this industry. Um, and the reason I, I, I say that is because, look, uh, waiting for your IT teams or in, in general, waiting for your organization to respond to your needs is really what has spun up this whole public cloud ecosystem, which is at this point uh, hundreds of billions of dollars worth uh, in, in terms of its market size, uh, right? And all of that is because we are just impatient uh, right we when we need something we need it immediately um, that's always been the human nature uh, and and the, so self-service is primarily to serve that basic human need which is that hey if we need abc done when we we all kind of prefer to get it done pretty quickly so when uh, uh, self-service is effectively created an uh, uh, an entire industry with, that is worth potentially hundreds of billions of dollars, I see that that is a requirement probably for any type of application uh, at this point where you want to allow the user, you want to empower the user to make the right calls. 
but also build enough guardrails so they don't shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, especially in the world of restores, it doesn't take a lot to go wrong. And so I think with, with power comes responsibility. I think you mentioned how uh, developers and application people are being more powerful with respect to decision making. And, and with that comes responsibility. You have a level of care that you have to ensure uh, on your data sets. And I think that's really what we wanted to uh, uh, make sure with our CDM product line, which is all about allowing people to do what they want to do. Um, we uh, uh, enable storage snapshots of almost as a self-service uh, engine where you can go take a snapshot of a data set and use that to spin up a, a database workload or spin it down and refresh and you can do all of these fun stuff. Uh, but we do it in a way where we can kind of uh, have a sysadmin monitor what's going on uh, and get rid of stuff if you no longer are using it uh, and so on. And APIs in this world have been the greatest level of, uh, to a great extent because I think it has created a common language or across all of these different systems. And when I say APIs, APIs have been around forever. I really mean REST APIs. Uh, so the REST APIs have allowed a level of standardization across all of these different ecosystems. So I think what you're seeing is more of an interconnected world today where uh, um, you're seeing more applications talk to each other uh, rather than be standalone. But yeah, definitely, you know, RESTful APIs and how APIs is that common language. Uh, it, it is definitely the the one thing that's hidden under the covers that's so powerful around, you know, reaching inside of software and pulling out only specifically what you need to accomplish that certain task, right? Whether it's you know, reporting or whether you want to just do something that's customized only for for you as the backup administrator or storage administrator. So it's very powerful. It's, it's actually building uh, ecosystems, right? I, I think uh, you're, you're seeing uh, uh, Salesforce and all these applications around Salesforce kind of become an ecosystem. An example of a great success story, you're seeing Kubernetes develop into an ecosystem. You're seeing all of these successful applications kind of building an ecosystem around it where you know multiple players can play in the same spot and all complement each other uh, and that's what I, I mean by i think what we are building is uh, apis are allowing us to create an interconnected world and interconnections allow us to create an, a thriving ecosystem and that allows you know companies to choose to either be in it or out of it i, I think you're you're seeing that uh, across a lot of applications, not just in data protection, it applies to, uh, as you said, automation or application, CRM space, virtualization space, and all these places. Yeah, yeah, and let's let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, I on each episode, I always you know want to go and, and touch on the one big thing that's happening right now in 2020 that you know it's the elephant in the room, right? COVID nineteen. We're all affected by it. And as I as I mentioned earlier about the uh, backup and recovery professionals group that I have, you know, there are a lot of backup and storage admins that are, you know, out of work right now. They've been affected by the pandemic. You know, a lot of things have happened. So, you know, my heart goes out to them while I have you on. What, what advice would you give them to to stay motivated and to also maybe capitalize on this time right now? That, that they have between jobs, you know, what, what would you what would you say to them right now, Sadia? Well, my, uh, 
look, this is this is a tough time uh, uh, for sure, but it is also uh, just know that it is a black swan event. It's not something that uh, we, we're unlikely to see an event like this again in, in our lifetime. So I think the first thing that uh, we, we all have to just understand is, you know, we, we, we understand these are tough times, but this too will pass. Uh, I think we, we just have to stay strong and resilient and, and I'm, I'm sure all of us will make it. Um, in, in the, I think in, in some ways we're all lucky to be in an industry where, you know, backup is a necessity. It's not a nice to have. It's, a, it's not an optional task for people to do. Uh, as long as there is data out there, the need for backing up uh, is, is just as valuable. First thing I will say to anybody that is affected is everyone just needs to stay strong and, and you will make it through this period. The second, and, and, and this is something that uh, I think a lot of us don't do enough of, which is to invest in ourselves, right? Taking a break and rejuvenating yourself and learning new skills. We talked about how data and, and, and these uh, trends are changing on a day-to-day -day basis. This is a great time. And in, some, in many ways, it would be a, a blessing in disguise if we use this time frame to learn those new skills or, or kind of look into what the future trends are uh, and, and pick up our uh, uh, skill sets. We, we all invest so much in our employers, but not necessarily in ourselves. And, and I think that uh, is, is essentially key. And the third thing, and, and, and Demetrius, I, I have to give you a lot of credit to that, to you as well. Uh, I always tell my friends in, in, in is, you know, talk to an old friend every day. We all find that extra little time with no commute these days. I, I would say definitely talk to an old friend every day. Most companies would rather fill an open position with a trusted referral. Um, and you never know what those conversations will lead to. Uh, worst case, you're reconnecting with an old friend. Best case, a lot of that will lead to, uh, you know, word of mouth marketing for your personal brand. and. Uh, and, and someone will help you solve uh, uh, that specific problem. Uh, in, in backup and recovery professionals group and talking to those like-minded individuals itself is a great way to you know network with within the ecosystem. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sure that will help land the next awesome gig that all of your uh, uh, deserve to get so yeah I, I really like your your response there and let's let's roll into the closing gumbo question and th this is one that i like to ask it's not really a technical question but it's it's uh just a question to kind of get you to think all right so satya what would you tell your 16 year old self if you had an opportunity to travel back in time to secretly change your destiny Wow, uh, deep question. <laughs> uh, uh, let me let me think, right? So I I probably tell him to you know invest in his health and fitness and not just obsess over college admissions and career. Probably the first thing that comes to mind, uh, and I certainly uh, wish I had done that when I was young. Um, I'd probably tell him to just chill and not be super stressed about life in gen general. Um, because I know recently someone asked me, when was the last time you felt really stressed out about it? And I could think of the current things that were stressing me out. But when I was asked to look back, honestly, I had to go back like 15 years 
before I could say, yeah, that was a bad time and I was super stressed. So again, that just puts perspective that most things we feel stressed about day in and day out are not just not that important. And I may not even remember them a couple of days from now. So it's so I think it's just good for everyone's well-being to just be controlled about our emotions and just trust the process and expect that the results will follow. Um, and and uh, uh, I think 16-year-old uh, Satya would just tell him to chill and not to worry too much and perhaps invest uh, more in uh, health and fitness uh, than I did as a young kid. Yeah, that, that's all great advice because, you know, if you're not healthy, then you, you cannot help someone else, right? Because you need to help yourself. So uh, it's, it's been wonderful having you on, on Data Protection Gumbo, and I'm sure our listeners uh, have definitely learned a thing or two about you as an individual and also um, the direction that Catalogic is going in. So I really want to thank you for, for coming on the show, and I'll have to you know, have you on again in the future. So thanks for being on the show. That's, that would be a pleasure, Demetrius. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.